Good afternoon and welcome to the Dovetail Expert Series. It's Alexis and I'm here with my friend Carlin Purcell. Welcome, Carlin. Hi, Alexis. I'm Thanks so for having me. You. Yes, I'm thrilled to have you here. Some of you who are watching the video might recognize the background. Carlin is currently in Deneen. Amazing coffee shop downtown. We'll do a little pitch for them. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what it is. Um, so Carlin, if you haven't met her yet, I mean, I feel like you've probably heard of her. She has blown up over the past year. She is the CEO of KDPM Consulting Group Incorporated. She's the founder of Sister Talk Leadership and Wellness Academy Group, which has been featured on Oprah's Life Class, CityLine, Globe and Mail, CNN Money, Essence, and Forbes. She is a growth mindset and emotional intelligence leadership strategist and coach, and she holds a certificate in neuroscience coaching, positive psychology. She's trained in positive neuroplasticity, and she holds a master's certificate in adult training and personal development from the Schulich School of Business. Woo! That is a bio and a half. <laughs> and, you know, I love your bio, and you are so impressive to me and all that you have accomplished. But even more so, it's what you're bringing to the table now and what you're building moving forward that I'm so, so excited to, to talk yeah. about and thank you. No, thank you so much. Like you, having you read my bio, I'm going to call you to read my bio back to me. So if you remind <laughs> me that, to remind me that, oh yeah, I did do that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, All of Sometimes these we get caught up, right? In the oh, yeah. chasing of what's next or what's, especially as entrepreneurs, we don't have a blueprint a guaranteed blueprint for uh, the results that we're seeking to achieve right mm -hmm. i mean we enter this business knowing we believe in ourselves we believe in the gifts that we have we believe in the change and the impact that we want to have on the world so we do it but at the same time um you know we do have imposter syndrome moments yeah uh, it comes up it shows its head mm. um, so it's always important to go back and remind ourselves that yeah you were, you were doing the thing we're doing you it are doing the thing you're doing the thing. the thing you continue to do the thing the thing is is happening here and i want to touch on imposter syndrome and elephant stories and you know we had a little offline conversation before this that i want to you know i've as we were saying as we were talking i was like wait 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 wait! i have to stop this conversation because it was so good so i want to dive into that but before we do can you tell our listeners just a little bit more about about how you came to be where you are today. A little bit more of your backstory. Oh no, you've frozen. Well, if you're listening in, we might get Carlin back. Oh, oh are you there? Oh, we might have to restart. Are you there? Hello. Oh, all right, we lost you for a minute, but we're gonna keep rolling. So. Just as we froze you, or just as you got frozen, I yes. had just asked about your backstory. You could fill us in a little bit on your backstory. How did you come to be where you are today? Um, I would say it's, I often tell people my journey of failing, of doubting myself, of questioning my worth, of trying to find my place in terms of belonging in this world, especially being a new immigrant here in Canada. I didn't really have the network. I didn't have the friends I went to high school with. I didn't know anyone. I came from the Caribbean, a tiny village at that, only 160, maybe 70,000 people. Um, and coming into this big city and, and trying to find my place really, uh, it took, it takes a beating on your, on your self-esteem and your self-worth. So, um, it, it, I didn't get started on the understanding why, the why behind how I felt. Mm -hmm. I stayed a couple of years literally dating the self-doubt, 
dating the lack of confidence, dating the, you know, <laughs> questioning everything and myself and not realizing that everything that I have been through in this life is actually designed to serve me. And, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've all been through a period of why am I here? Why am I going through this lesson now? Why do I have to go through this pain again? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is rejection so painful? Why does it feel like physical pain? So I really got fascinated by all of that because I realized that the more I told the story of Carlin, the victim, the more I attracted more of those experiences. Mm. And it really took me a while to understand that the brain has a negativity bias. And I'm like, but why? Because I did the mentors. I did the affirmations. I did all the things that people (laughs) say to do. Mm -hmm. I read all the books. I go to the conferences. Why is it on most days I still wake up and my worthiness bank account is back at zero? Mm. Right? So I went down the rabbit hole of, okay, this brain thing, I need to understand you. Because if I am going to make this life that I haven't given the best life yet, you and I, if you're going to be a part of the journey, listen, we need to have a chat. Mm-hmm. I need to get to know you. If I'm going to date you, if you're going to be a part of my future, mm-hmm. I need to understand you so that we don't have to fight all the time because it's exhausting. Mm. I'm tired. I'm tired of beating myself up. I'm tired of, you know, um, playing the victim role. And I'm tired of, of, of feeling that I don't have control of my future and my life. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all started. So I got, you know, all the different stuff that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's about. I didn't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to now study positive, um, you know, neuroplasticity or, you know, neuroscience of how the brain works. No, I was just trying to understand how do I create a more positive future for Carlin so that I can accomplish the dreams and the goals that I wanted to have? And how do I make that possible? And how do I consistently stay in alignment with that mm-hmm. legacy? So um, that's how I ended up being there and, and also quitting my 23-year career in in the financial industry, working in, uh, in the bank, in um, international operations, um, in, tech, in tech and finance. Yeah. I mean, you have such a wild history and I just find your entire story and your messaging is so empowering, like that you were kind of stuck in that place and that you openly share about kind of being stuck in that place and what you did to, to move yourself forward and what you consistently consciously do to move yourself forward. I think there's so many lessons for our listeners just in your day-to-day experience and what you're building in your life that we can all take so much for from. So one of the things that we had talked about before we jumped on this was being in alignment. And I know for you, that's like a daily practice. You just touched on it now. You know, it's one of the things that prevents you from going into those moments of overwhelm where some people might find them, you know, myself included, find themselves feeling totally overwhelmed and like I personally one of my things I do is I'm like I'm just gonna take 10 and I lie down on the carpet in my office like yeah that's good yeah (laughs) but what are the things that you do to stay in alignment actually wait what is alignment before we talk about how we're staying in alignment what does that mean I for me I describe alignment as being in total synchronization of your intention um, the action that you take and the energy or the emotion that you bring into whether it's your day or a conversation or a situation. For me, it's being in total, total, um, uh, like, like just, I don't use the word aligned again, but, but just being in total, in total, like, it's, for me, it's, it's synchronicity. It's mm. synchronicity where your, your words, your actions, your energy, your emotion, it all lines up to your intended um, um, outcomes and mm. what you intend to do. So, 
Uh, so, for, so for me, it means that if, if my, you know, my intuition, and it's also about tapping into your divine feminine energy and power. So if my intuition is telling me um, to rest versus hustling harder, even if I am in the middle of my busy season mm-hmm. and my, you know, what the world, the Instagram world and what everybody else is saying is to work harder, you mm-hmm. know, harder, you should do rise. Now the success planner is, is out. You need to do all those things. Mm-hmm. And my intuition is like, I think you need to rest. I think you need to just visualize on what's next. I think you need to take a pause because rest is also one of the big, one of the biggest keys I would say to success, but society has actually told us that it's not like if you rest, you're being lazy. If you rest, you're being, but rest is actually one of the quickest ways for us to get in alignment with our divine feminine power and our intuition. So for me, alignment is that is listening to what is my present moment? What does it call for? And am I brave enough to say yes to that particular thing in spite of what is going on outside of my world, in mm-hmm. spite of what I'm seeing everybody else is doing, in spite of, of all the noise around me? Am I brave enough to stand firm in my truth, which is the total opposite of what everybody else is doing, and trust that? Yeah. For me, I- that is alignment. I know it's a long answer. I hope it's, yeah, it, it, it yeah. is. But this is how we build trust in self. Mm. I have learned that the more I listen to the inner voice, because the soul does not have, it does not need words. It doesn't need, it doesn't need uh, you know, fancy language. The soul is very intentional with the directions that it gives us. If we pause to understand our soul's language, then it becomes easier for us to get in alignment. So, a lot of this work, what I have learned is that I had to get to know Carlin mm. on a very, very intimate level, on a soul level, past all the titles, past all the accolades, like everything you read, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Not really. It just informs you a bit in terms of my journey. Mm-hmm. But if we had to remove all those titles and we had to remove all the things that we have learned from the external world, what do you have left with? Mm. Your truth, your inner truth, yeah. that innate divine guidance, just like you. Why did you start Dovetail? Right? What yeah. gave you the courage to start it? There was something inside of you that you latched onto and you're like, this community is needed and I have to mm-hmm. do it. You didn't know how it was going to turn out, but you decided <laughs> to trust that, right? I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but look at where that trust has gotten you. So mm-hmm. imagine if we decide to trust ourselves and get in alignment with that trust 24 mm-hmm. seven, what would that look like? And even when we don't listen to it, to me, that is also a lesson. Mm. It's not about you doing something wrong. It's just that, oh, interesting. Here's what I did. I didn't listen to it and led me down this path, which will still give you a lesson because now it tells you that when you go to the opposite of your truth, mm-hmm. right, then this is the result that you get. So it's a mm-hmm. matter of, again, I find life always gives us so much data, like mm-hmm. the experiences we have. It's all data. It's all information. And the question is, what are you going to do with that? I call it authentic intelligence. So we talk about artificial intelligence, AI, mm-hmm. machine learning you know, the future robotics and all of that. Mm-hmm. What about the authentic intelligence that we get from our lives? We are the mm-hmm. only creatures on earth that has the brain that's plastic. It, it gets updated yeah. every day. Like how freaking cool are we? <laughs> like we're so cool. And it's wild. It's I think I hear wild. from like so many women though. I mean, so many women entrepreneurs that I know, especially like our, you know, our camp, a lot of our camp ladies who are growing and scaling their business 
they don't trust themselves. They think they assume they don't know anything about business because maybe they don't have a business degree. Maybe they don't assume they don't know anything, but they, a lot of women that I know are thinking that they know less than they really do know. And they're looking for, you know, all the coaching, all the mentorship, all the guidance, all the right. time what I need because I don't know anything. And they're, they've tuned out of their own intuition and their own gut. And they're just tuning into, you know, give me all the things, not to say you shouldn't listen to amazing podcasts or video series or anything, but how do we stop relying so much on that and actually come into the practice of trusting our own intuition? You know, I've done some of that work and that's how Dovetail started. But I think for people who are listening, you are the master in this area and there's a way for people to start doing that. So what are some of the things people can start to do to get to know themselves deeply, to like start to tap into that trusting themselves and knowing themselves? So, and it's so powerful that you said that because I actually, so I call it I, three things. I say to go on a talking fast, mm. go on a learning fast and go on a sharing fast. Mm. Right. And by that, I mean, talk less every day. Literally, if you feel the need to share an opinion or comment on a post or whatnot, hold back and talk less every day. Try mm. to lessen the noise around you so that you can listen to your inner voice more. Same thing for the learning fast. How many of us have actually applied the strategies, tips, and lessons from that last class, course, podcast, book we read? Mm -hmm. Right? Not a lot of us. We're always on to the next because we mm -hmm. think that we need to learn more. But actually, no. You're actually born with every single thing you need for the journey ahead. Right? Even the businesses, all of us are, are, are headed right now or delivering right now. That was already determined for us even before we were born. So we're actually walking in our destined path and what we're supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And how do I know that? Because our life experiences dictated what we are doing now. Like I would not have gotten fascinated by the brain if I didn't go some of the trauma I went through as a child. I would be fascinated about understanding self if I didn't move to Canada and now trying to find my place to belong and feeling like, again, being the only black person in the room or going through racism and discrimination. Like I would not have gone down this road if I didn't mm -hmm. go through those experiences. So for the learning fast, yeah, you, you don't need anything else. Of course, you can enhance that knowledge by taking specific, just like I took specific classes and training, but you have everything you need. And again, the, the, the sharing fast too is until your idea is fully baked in here, you don't need the opinion from it, from, of anyone because you have to remember every time you share, you're losing some of your energy. You're mm -hmm. giving away some of your power, right? Yeah. So what would happen if you decide to sit and bake, right? And, and literally allow that dream to fully manifest within you and mm -hmm. you sit with it and you nurture it and you visualize it and you manifest it. And then you listen for that one next step, not the entire 12 steps, but the next one, just that one, and mm -hmm. you take it and you execute on it, you will be a thousand steps ahead than you trying to do all the million things that you see everybody else is doing. Yes. So yes. I find when I'm a little bit cluttered, I go on a fast. I don't talk much. I don't share much. And I cut down on the learning. So I haven't taken another course in a while. And, and you, do, you still have the itch because, again, we're wired. The, the environment that we're in, it yeah. does influence what, our actions and what we do. So that's why mm -hmm. I often tell people to pay very attention to your environment, who you hang out with, who you speak with, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So you'll find yourself the itch. But I often say, ask yourself, check in. Do I really need this right now? Or am I going on a, on a, on a worthiness hustle that I don't need to go on right now?
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The worthiness hustle. My gosh. It's exhausting, isn't it? Exhausting and overwhelming. And there's just so many opportunities to just continue to reaffirm that you need to seek worthiness from outside yourself. There are just so many places to do that. And especially now with all of our social media and everything else. <laughs> That's a whole exactly. other thing. Something you just exactly. said really reminded me of my um, call yesterday with Tahani. Um, which, you know, if you're listening to this now, you might've already listened to it, but Tahani Abirani, do you know her yet? Have you met? Yes. 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 The real estate guru, Real right? estate. Yeah. She came to Canada, 15 year old, young bride married to a man in Canada, grew up in a refugee camp for her business. And I asked her like how, you know, she's now one of Canada's wealthiest women and has just grown this incredible empire and is now supporting other women. And I asked her like, how did you go from living in a refugee camp to having the vision for what your life has become? And she said exactly what you just said is that, you know, in this way, not necessarily, but the fast, but the not sharing until your idea is fully baked, but also listening for that one next step. She didn't know, she could never have visioned, you know, where she came from, not even having a home, living in a refugee camp to now, you know, building all these buildings and owning all of these homes and everything else. But she listened for that one next thing and she tapped into that and she took that one next step. So it's incredible and such valuable advice. I mean, there's so much here. Like you just touched a little bit on something that has come up a lot. And I think in some entrepreneurial circles, it might be not taboo, but people see it as like, maybe it's a woo topic, but I think it's so valuable. And that is the topic of the divine feminine. So when you say that, what do you mean for those listeners that might be like the divine, what now? Um, what is the divine feminine? And what does that mean you know, to us as women entrepreneurs? I, I think people call it different things. I call it divine feminine. You call it intuition. Some people call it soul talk. Some people call mm-hmm. it soul chat. For me, the divine feminine, the way I see it is our intuitive power, that ability for us to go within and create and um, come up with ideas and, um, and also just knowing. The thing about us women is that we are so connected to our source. We are so connected to, to, to who we are. But because of the conditioning of, of, of society, our family, mm-hmm. life, the experiences we go through, we keep dulling that light or we keep um, doubting that we actually have everything we need for mm-hmm. us to take that next step or for us to build our dream life or a dream business. So I call the divine feminine that knowing that inner source, that inner power that has always been there with us all along, mm-hmm. has always been traveling with us no matter where we go. That is the divine feminine, our ability to tap into our true source, our true power. Um, that one thing that we have inside of us that has always been there, um, that is literally waiting to serve us anytime we need it. We just have to be able to shut out the noise, get quiet, go within, and then we'll have access to it. I love it. And how, I mean, just because I'm for myself too, like I've heard a lot about this and I've talked to people who talk about like the divine feminine and the feminine energy and all that kind of thing. How does that differ from the divine masculine or what are some of the ways that as women, we can be specifically harnessing this inner knowing this intuition that might be different from what we're seeing in a a very masculine dominated field that a lot of us are in tech or these industries that, you know, they're very male dominated. Right. Or any advice there or anything that perhaps might be a little bit different than what we're seeing in the typical? I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not an expert on it, but what I often say is that we have both. For example, I, you know, quote unquote, tap into my masculine energy sometimes when I need to show up in that assertive way. But, I, but it's not masculine in the way of trying to be assertive with other men or like other men or mm. to perform like other men. 
I'm still Carlin. Mm-hmm. I'm still operating from my true essence, but I'm using a different side or different part of my energy. And for me, the feminine energy is, again, the opposite of that. Softer, nurturing, tapping into. Um, and again, we have to look at in terms of context, in terms of how history has defined feminine and masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, is it true? Is it right? There might be some guidance around it, but I mm-hmm. think based on us showing up and talking more about it, we get to abate the database in terms of what it means. And I think that's what's beautiful about this world or this life that we're living in. The more more of us speak our truth or talk about our truth and who we are and how we do things, right? If you work half a day and you're able to manifest that next deal or you're able to like visualize and because the brain has the ability, whatever one of my virtual mentors, Napoleon Hill says, whatever the mind can conceive, it can achieve. Mm. And for us, we believe that we need sweat equity to make things happen. But we have to work hard. I have to work from 8 a.m. until midnight. I have to lose sleep. I have yeah. to. Otherwise, I, have to I don't deserve it, right? Off. Otherwise, I don't deserve it. So we try to quantify or we try to qualify um, our gifts or our results. So for me, I think we all we both have both men and women. We have both masculine and, 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 and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. The key is how do you tap into that? And what does that look like for you? Because masculine energy for me can look totally different for somebody else and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, myself, probably like a lot of other women entrepreneurs, I've been told that, you know, when I get into like business mode, that I've got this masculine energy. And I think that's one of the things that I would like to see change is that you're running a successful business does not mean that you are doing it in any way that is not who you are as a person, that suddenly you've had to become a man in order to do this. Like that's, that's not how I see it. So that's why I'm fascinated by the topic. And I think you know, showing people the way that you do, how to tap into that and how to tap into that source and to trust ourselves. It's just such a valuable lesson. And, and, and also you doing it in your assertive way, it's not a masculine way. Maybe it's just, just the Alexis way. Yeah. That might be your definition of feminine energy. Because again, I'm, and, and I often look at research with a very critical eye because mm-hmm. I know that the lived experiences of every woman is not a part of that research. Right. Mm-hmm. We know the experiences, for example, of, of racialized women or mm-hmm. all the different intersection identities, uh, people who identify LGBTQ or trans or people with invisible disabilities. Uh, society hasn't always made us feel safe enough for us to share our experiences. So you find a lot of the research based work out there. It does not include our experiences. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm always a huge advocate for women to tell their stories. I'm a huge advocate for women to share how do you do things, right? And, and, and yes, people might say, oh, Alexis, you showed up with masculine energy, but this is your right to say, actually, no, this is Alexis energy and I'm not defining it. Or I'm defining it as feminine energy because I want to change the current narrative that society have around us women in terms of how we show up. And this is the yeah. gift we give to the generation that's coming behind us because we've given them more possibility models and they're not stuck in that one story narrative of how we women should be because we can be whatever we want to be. What does a woman in tech look like? I don't know. She wears head wraps. And what does a woman who earns her own business look like? I don't know. She wears wigs and mm-hmm. she plays with different hairstyles. Yeah. I don't but have she to be one thing. She socks and outdoor gear, you know? Exactly. Exactly. She gets There's to do that. whatever she wants to do. And that is our superpower. We get to yeah. choose. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you just touched on something that has come up in, in our private conversations, but also like at Dovetail and camp and, you know, among the women in our community. And, you know, I think that there, there are a lot of women in my shoes who are afraid to even talk about it. Um, and that is, you know, unconscious bias and you and I have, you know, touched on this a little bit, but the intersectionality bias 
and what, you know, white woman, especially like privileged white woman can be doing differently and should be doing differently. And I know that, you know, we have talked about this as well, where I think myself and others, like we're afraid to ask because I, I definitely do not want to put the burden of responsibility for change on woman of color. I do not think that is fair. I think that is, you know, not, not the way that we want to change things, but I think that opening the conversation, and one of the things that I love about you so much is that you're not afraid to open the conversation. You welcome the questions, you welcome the discussion, and that you want to educate people and help people move forward and, you know, help create a more fair and equitable place for all of us to coexist and to collaborate and to work together and grow together. So for those who are listening, um, you know, just the term, like the first time I heard this, I was like, what does this even mean? So unconscious intersectionality bias. What is it? What are we missing? What do we need to know? Too many questions at once. Maybe <laughs> no, no, it, it's good. And I'm happy that you brought it up because I think when, when, I mean, we all have businesses because we want to create change in the world. There is mm-hmm. something that there's a problem we're trying to fix. There's something that we want to change or we want to make better. And, and for me, when I started my whole elephant stories, uh, leadership masterclass, it was all centered around addressing the elephant in the room right Mm -hmm. how can we talk about you know that thing that we know it's there but nobody talks about it like you go to conferences you go to panels Mm -hmm. and people are talking about yeah we want to advocate for all women and diversity and inclusion but it's all white women or it's Mm -hmm. all white men or you know etc etc so and that's what's great about you in terms of being a great ally because you have the brave conversation and and the key is not to do it perfectly because we can't it's a hard conversation mm-hmm. Canada Canada is still afraid to talk about race which is crazy mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah but Canada is also the most diverse place in the world especially Toronto so you know we need to be braver around having those conversations and mm-hmm. why I don't like the word unconscious bias because unconscious bias I feel like the brain gets used to the language that we use the personal narrative that we use think of it as a precursor or predictive model for what we're about to say, how we're about to act, and how we show up in the world. So when we say unconscious bias, everybody's like, oh yeah, we have unconscious bias, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we think a certain way based on how we were raised, et cetera, et cetera which is true. Mm-hmm. What I love about saying unconscious intersectionality bias, it gives us an opportunity for us to pause and be more intentional with how we show up. Mm-hmm. Because intersectionality, and, 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 it, and it's a term coined by Dr. Um, Kimberly Crenshaw, and it's talking about the different intersecting identities or the different pillars in terms of how we identify ourselves. So myself, mm-hmm. so we talk about gender, gender, I'm a woman, um, race, I'm a black woman. Um, I also have immigrant as an uh, um, identifying identity. I, I use um, um, a black immigrant woman who grew up in the Caribbean. So now there's this cultural layer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm, I'm able, I'm fully able. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I might have some invisible disabilities that no one knows about until I choose to share that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm straight. Um, so, so there are different intersect. How, like, how do you identify? How do you show up? Mm-hmm. Historically, the world has always been, when we talk about women, we're talking about white women. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the stats around women of color leadership positions or trans women or women who identify or people who identify as LGBTQ to spirited, our mm-hmm. stories are not centered. Our stories are not heard. We're not the ones predominantly on panels. We're not the ones mm-hmm. having the conversation. But we are the ones who are the most underserved in most areas mm-hmm. when it comes, whether it's health, when it comes to, uh, you know, the pay gap. Um, even the research shows that Black women, women of color, paid less than white women. So there are all those different layers that informs mm-hmm. not only our identity, but also how society treats us and how we show up. So I love using intersectionality because it gives us an opportunity to pause. 
Um, and we can use those lens on all different people in society, even having a conversation with someone who might be white, for example. You, you, you don't know, do they have an invisible disability? How can I be more intentional in my conversation, right? Mm. You don't know, are they, um, LG, do they identify as LGBTQ? You don't know, right? So how do I, so intersectionality, I think it gives us an opportunity to see the human, but not just the human by what I see. Like I can look at you and be like, oh, Alexis is a white woman and uh, her life is perfect and mm -hmm. she has everything going for her. And I'm making an assumption because mm -hmm. I haven't allowed myself to think about all the different intersecting identities. Like people look at me and they're like, oh, look at Carla. She's always stylish and she's well-dressed. Mm -hmm. Oh, her life is perfect. No. She's at every event. She was in she Oprah in Forbes. She's in the, you know, yeah. That the, the answer is, is, is no, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as an ignorant woman, as a, as a black woman, and even because of how I look, people tend to discriminate. They tend to assume that I don't have any struggles. I'm mm -hmm. fine. Everything is always perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But it mm -hmm. is not so. Just mm -hmm. because I carry my load well does not mean it's not heavy. Mm -hmm. Right. But as black women, we've learned to carry our load well because we don't have a choice. We still have to show up. And I often say that I, I don't want to tell my four year old niece who thinks right now she's the world mm -hmm. that I could have made this world a more inclusive space for her. But I didn't because I was too afraid or I let my, 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 my fear get in the way of having the brave conversation. So I want to set a precedence for us to have a brief conversations and talk about intersectionality, make it a part of our everyday language. Because when we do that, we teach the brain that race is an opportunity to have a brave conversation. It is not something for us to be afraid of. Hmm. We teach the brain that brave conversations is something that is at the center of what we do as entrepreneurs, as women who are changing the world, mm -hmm. as women who are creating new statuses around um, how much money women own, how many women we get to hire. Mm -hmm. We are the ones who will drive the future of, of, of not just work, but the future of how women work. And I don't know if you saw the stats around how women will be the ones who will be greatly displaced when it comes to the fourth revolution in terms of AI, mm. right? We are the ones who will suffer the most. Why? Because a lot of the jobs that will be replaced are being held by women. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean for the future of work or the model we're creating as entrepreneurs for women who will be displaced by the workforce or women who probably want to start their own business? Like mm -hmm. we're in such a great position. So for me, the key, if there was one takeaway I want everybody to get from this is learn to have braver conversations by understanding how your brain works, understand that fear will come, understand that you'll feel uncomfortable. But mm -hmm. if you are, it means that you're on the right path. Yeah. And let's mess up together because I don't have all the answers. As a yeah. black woman, I have, I have privilege as well. I don't speak for every black woman. Mm -hmm. And I will mess up and people will misinterpret things. But yeah. that is the gateway to having a brave conversation where we can create a more inclusive world ball. Yeah. That's Sorry, I went on a right here. No, I love <laughs> it. I love it. I mean, I love talking to you about this stuff because you are so open about it. But also, like, I'm super aware of the fact that I can't be like, Carlin, tell me the perspective of every black woman. Like, this is exactly. crazy town. But I know that a lot of white people do that. You know, we'll go to a brown friend and be like, tell me the perspective of all of the brown people. Like, this is insane. Like, we, yeah. you know, we have to do better. But also, the only way we're going to figure that out is probably by maybe doing that or, or you know, getting a wake up call. Maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, shoot, I've been doing that. Or, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I already know all these things. But just the reminder, the refresher of like recognizing that it's not just unconscious bias, but looking for that intersectionality and kind of checking your assumptions and the exactly. habits that you have in exactly. your thinking. Because I think that's... And also as entrepreneurs, we are actually the most 
poised, I would say, in terms of making inclusion a verb. Like we can mm. actually be the ones to show corporate how it's done in the sense that every single day there is an opportunity to uplift an underserved or underrepresented community mm. because we get to hire people. We get to decide if we're putting on an event, we get just like you, you know, you make a concerted effort to say, you know, who should be in the room? Who are some of the speakers that I can bring in the room that I don't often see on stages? You know, like, just like you, you know, you, you introduced me to so many amazing people. And I spoke at W North because of that introduction. Like, you're always consciously trying. It's not about you fixing everything or trying to have all the answers yeah sometimes that one email or that one introduction of oh you know what I think this person and you might be a great connect and you do that a lot and that's all it is inclusion being a verb this is where it starts mm-hmm. right buy something from a racialized woman like mm-hmm. I mean I, I buy cheekbone and cheekbone beauty it's an amazing indigenous um, cosmetic company, mm. don't go buy at MAC. Go buy from Chickbone Beauty. Go buy from yeah. Jamma Face, another black woman who has an amazing cosmetic line as well. There, there are so many ways, especially for us women, because we love clothes, we love hair, we love makeup, we love all the things. That's why I'm saying that we are actually the most powerful people to show others how to make inclusion a verb and how mm. to make this world, how to make Canada uh, one of the most inclusive places in the world like we can be the leading example so 2020 mm-hmm. i want more women to be bolder to step out there and make some noise be too much be seen be heard and don't be afraid to allow your brilliance to shine from every single facet of who you are Boom. <laughs> you're always so full of all amazingness like i come off of calls with you or every time i talk to you i'm like i'm gonna go take over the world and it's amazing <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Um, it. Listening to you talk, I just keep thinking like we can do the hard things. And I think so often in our businesses, we think of like the hard things are the business things, but sometimes the hard things are just these, these discussions or these conversations or, you know, dropping some of our assumptions or finding ways to be more integrative, to collaborate with people that might be outside of the circle that we grew up in or outside of the community that we grew up in or outside of our norm because there are so many incredible opportunities. Not because you want to, you know, have more women of color in your pictures, but because you want to have these incredible, you know, conversations and these incredible relationships and these incredible moments like we're having right now with Carlin, who is just like, got so much information to share and so many resources and so many insights. And I think that's, you know, just an, a great way to grow and to grow our businesses. So Yeah. And then when we go into the hard places, Alexis, mm-hmm. it translates into your business as well. Because don't forget, mm-hmm. we have one brain. You don't unzip your, your head and be like, oh, I'm going to take up the personal brain. I'm mm-hmm. not going to put it in the business brain. No, it's one brain. All the information, all the data is stored in here. Mm-hmm. So when you show up fully in one area of your life, you do the hard, difficult, brave conversation at work, mm-hmm. it automatically increases opportunities in all other areas of your life. Yeah. Whether that opportunity is in your business, whether that opportunity is in your relationship, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a multi-layered benefit to being brave in your life, yeah. to being courageous. Like we will see the benefits, especially in our business, we will see the benefits there. But sometimes it's really not about taking that brave action in your business, but taking that brave action in life. Mm. Because the CEO, the person who is running the business, the closer you are connected to your inner source, to your inner power, the more your business will grow. Oh man, there's like so okay. I feel like I could just like carry this on for the next hour because I'm like, you just spurred on an like, hour. Questions. I know. 
<laughs> no, I have so many more questions about that because I know that there are practices or things that you're doing every day. And I always go back to like the tactical is how my brain works. I'm like, so what can we do with this? How do we approach this? How can yeah. we improve ourselves? Because I think like there's a lot of incredible insights to talk about, but it's how we're putting that into the day to day. And I know that you have a good practice that you followed and actually share with people through your success planner, yes. um, which I guess maybe for just a hot minute, we can talk about what you're dealing with with the success planner right now. Because for those of you that don't know, Carolyn has this like beautiful daily agenda that you're going to want to get for 2020. And it is a guide for all of these practices that she's shared a little bit about. Um, but you're currently, before we talk too much more about the consistency and using success planner, you're currently kind of going through something with it. And I think that so many people can learn and you've openly shared about this already, but Oh yeah. One of the things I question is like, how do we deal with things when the ish hits the fan in our business, when things feel like they're all going sideways and like, oh man, maybe I'm just going to shut this down because this is uh, not what I signed up for. So how do we deal with that? How are you personally dealing with that right now? I cry. Um, <laughs> I cry. I, I swear a lot. I say, why did I do this? Maybe I shouldn't have done this. I get, because it's heavy. It's a lot. And especially when it's your brainchild, it's your baby. Um, there's just so much attached to it. So, and you want to serve people as intended. But when you're running a product-based business as well, in addition to the services we provide through our consulting company, I also have the success planner, which is a physical product. Mm -hmm. And with that physical product, it means I'm dealing with the printer. I'm dealing with the graphic designer. I'm dealing, like it, there are so many different pieces to it. And um, last year was a real shit show. Last year, there were so many delays. Um, and then when we finally got it, the printer messed up in terms of the sequencing inside of the planner itself. February was in March. March was in February. Like, it was, <laughs> like when I tell you last year was stressful, last year was so stressful. Like, it, like I did quit. Like, I've quit so many times already. So this year, again, and, and that's what I love about teaching the work around emotional intelligence because mm -hmm. I go through it and I pay attention to it. This year, mm -hmm. again, same thing. The minute we got closer to the date, my body started remembering, oh, around this time, we're in full panic mode, Carlin. Let's mm -hmm. go back in panic mode. <laughs> and I legit had mini anxiety attacks, uh, um, Alexis, leading up to around this time. Um, there were a few problems again this year. Same thing. Like every year, there's something with logistics. There's something with, 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 with getting the printer to the hands of the customer. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally had this moment where I had to pause and be like, oh, okay, I'm going back into panic mode. Let me deep stress let me disconnect just like you mentioned earlier laying down on the floor there are different things that i do um using the breath the breath is the one thing that like if i'm in the middle of downtown and i'm walking down and it comes on i can't sit and pause and meditate but what i would do is that i use the power of my breath so breathing is very important drinking water these are some of the things that i do um but i just want women to understand that sometimes we don't always talk about it. it's not because i'm trying to hide or show one side i just don't have the capacity for it like right now, all my mental and emotional resources is directed to EA holding it together mm -hmm. so that I can actually communicate with the printer, communicate with the fulfillment house, get everything ready. We also have an international leg in St. Lucia. We have a dedicated over 200 clients, customers who buy every year. So I have to arrange shipping to the Caribbean and do all those. So there is so much that's behind the scenes. And on top of that, I'm still conducting some workshops. I'm still like sending out proposals and <laughs> because I work for myself. I have all the things, right? Yeah. So you cannot have a meltdown. And, mm -hmm. and I do have, a, sorry, I should reframe that. I do give myself permission to have a meltdown where I mm -hmm. sit in my jammies all day. I don't shower. I watch Netflix. I 
Sometimes I would be in complete silence. I would read, listen to music. So it depends on what my soul needs. So mm-hmm. I give myself permission to have that. Mm-hmm. I give myself permission to, to de-stress, to reframe the situation. Um, I have different mantras that I use to, mm-hmm. to get me back in alignment with my intended outcome which is to serve every single woman with intention to make sure that she gets this journal in her hand before the new year starts so that she can plan her most best, awesome, epic life ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the journey getting there as well, it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. And I was actually joking with the content planner cat that we yes. need to start a planner support group so we can <laughs> cry together because I'm tired of crying alone. <laughs> I mean, product-based businesses are no joke. And this time of the year, you know, a lot of people who are listening are probably going into the Black Friday and the holiday sales and all the things that are coming and, you know, what you're experiencing. The reason I, I wanted you to share live on, on this recording is because it's totally normal, but because you have all these tools and these strategies and the ability to be consistent with them, you're able to keep yourself going. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for normalizing this experience and for making it okay for other women to realize that like if they're lying on their office floor for a little while, that's probably totally normal. <laughs> like it's gonna totally happen. Normal. Not showering all day. And then your jammies. <laughs> Totally normal. I have, I have this thing I call the PD party permission slip. Mm. So I often write one when I need it. So, mm-hmm. But with every PD parties, you need to have an end date and a start date and a time mm-hmm. too. So I tell myself from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. PD party time. I'm mm-hmm. going to allow my, my unpleasant emotions to have this say. They can come sit with me on the couch. Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 we'll talk about all the things. We'll have all the conversation. We'll cry together. We'll mourn together. We'll say why me together. Because it's also important for you to allow your negative emotions to pass through, to journey through. That's, that's e- emotional intelligence 101. Because emotions mm-hmm. are just data. And if we keep downplaying the data or we keep pressing the exit button on the data, it means that you're missing important information that is needed for your next level of greatness in your life. Mm. So it means that you're not fully bringing your full self forward, which means that the decisions that we make is not fully authentic because we don't have all the information. There's suppressed information in there. Mm-hmm. But this is data, this information that you need. And one of the lessons I learned from one of my other virtual mentors, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, she wrote the book on 90 seconds to, to, to change your life that you love. Because 90 seconds is how long an emotion rides, the wave, the emotional wave. It's mm-hmm. only 90 seconds. But a lot of us end up buying into it and sitting with it. Even writing the PD party permission slip, you're making a conscious decision to honor your negative mm-hmm. emotions. You're making a conscious decision to say, come, what are you here to teach me? What does grief show up? Is it in my chest? Mm. Is it in my stomach? A lot of us have never taken the time to understand our emotional data. And if yeah. at the end of every experience, what we create is an emotion, then it means that every single day you're missing an opportunity to create an intentional connection with someone because you don't know what your emotions are telling you. Mm. Right. It's hugely so, valuable. I mean, the connection with someone, but also the connection with yourself. That's someone. Could it starts with self. Right. Yeah. Emotional intelligence 101 is understanding your emotions, understanding self. The more you're able to understand self, then understanding others becomes easy. But what we end up doing, we, we try to change. Well, Alexis said X and it stirred up some emotions for me here. Mm-hmm. Let me try to change Alexis to speak in a way so she doesn't trigger me. Mm. That's giving your power away. That's externalizing. Mm. Emotional intelligence means understanding your emotion. Oh, Alexis said X. Oh, interesting. This brought up something for me. I wonder what that data is all about. Mm. Where's the data mm. coming from? Is mm-hmm. it from my eight-year-old self, my 10-year-old self? Is it coming from my 15-year-old self? This is true self-mastery. 
we get to decide what to do with the information. And you are just my messenger. You're just my teacher. Triggers are teachers. So what, 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 what true personal mastery is, is me saying, you know what, Alexis, you said X. It brought up something for me here, which is very interesting. Thank you for that. I'm going to sit with it. I'm a journal with it. Can I come back to you and share or ask, you know, there might be an opportunity for more. But mm -hmm. the key is, is to take that emotional data. And then the body does not lie. The body remembers things. This is why last year was very stressful. This is why around this time, the cue, the environment. Oh, the cue, right. Oh, mm -hmm. it's Christmas. Like I legit was having panic attack when I say Christmas carols. When I hear people play Christmas carols, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, yes. I'm going to kill y'all. I'm not ready. I don't have the planners in my hand. Is it going to come up to Christmas time and I'm getting tons of emails, people complaining, people being rude to me, people cussing me out mm -hmm. because they don't have the planners in their hand. So I lost a lot of money last year because I had to either replace or give people extra planners, even though the printer did fix the problem. By that time, mm -hmm. it was so rough that I, I just had to try to fix it, mm -hmm. right? So my body's immediately bring that up. But yeah. because I know emotions are data, I get to reprogram. I get to choose a new experience. I get to now tell my body, no, this time it's ease and flow. Problems might show up, but we can work through them. We have a better process in place. We have a better system in place. Mm. We know how to deal with this. So reminding ourselves that we have all the tools we need is also extremely important. Mm -hmm. And remind yourself, emotions are data. It's just data. Emotions reside in our body. Your body never lies. So just remember to use that data to make the most intentional decision or choice that will lead you to your desired outcome. You could just play this on a repeat in the background. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Um, oh my gosh. So we have just a couple minutes left and I have some questions that I've been asking everyone, but I feel like especially this first one really ties into everything that you've just shared and you probably have like 10 answers for it. But um, the question is, what is your spiritual practice or what do you personally do on a daily basis to keep yourself and your business healthy and successful, both mentally and physically? So what maybe one or, I know you have like a series of, of daily practices that you take. What are maybe one or two of those that um, are yeah. helpful for you? Yeah, the success planner is one uh, for mm -hmm. sure. But I have all my practices in there, but I would say having a gratitude practice is mm -hmm. one. That's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. um, and feeding my soul, whatever that means. It, sometimes it means I listen to something spiritual online. Sometimes it means complete silence. Sometimes it means um, journaling or writing something out. So I learned to listen to my soul in terms of what it needs. Mm -hmm. So I try to spend at least the first couple of minutes um, throughout the day doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I try to meditate. I'm not very consistent with it, but some days I'm like, you better plug in that calm girl and let <laughs> the 10 minutes and get it done. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do that. So I've learned to trust, to trust that because I was so disconnected from my body and myself because I, I grew up learning that I had to trust others and not self. So mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, it has been a lot of going back within and trusting myself and trusting my voice and giving it what it needs at that moment. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I think too many of us learned that we had to trust others and not ourselves. So, um, all right. Speaking of kind of what you learned, uh, you've probably answered this question before, but maybe try to think of a different age group than you've answered it with before. So what advice would you give to your younger self at any age? At any age, mm -hmm. oh boy. Pick a new age when my younger self. Okay. Maybe last year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay. I'm turning 43 next year. So I would say what I would tell to my 40 year old self mm -hmm. is that, um, 
don't, don't be afraid to start. Cause I told myself uh, when I turned 40, I didn't want to be in the bank anymore. Um, and I needed to do something else. I needed to serve in my true gifts and the, the wisdom of, that life has given me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would tell her, don't be afraid to start. You will meet everybody you need on the journey in terms of starting on this new path. You'll meet people like Alexis. You'll meet people like the Dovetail community. Uh, you will find your, your community. You will find the people who will help your journey um, on this new path that you're taking. So don't be afraid to start. I love it. Start. I can't believe that was like three years ago, like that you've done all this in yeah. three years. Well, I started life. doing a lot of it part-time, but yeah, the past mm. three years, dive in deeper. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Incredible. Okay. So the last question is about your legacy and you already have such an incredible legacy, but what do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Oh boy. Ooh. What do I want people to say about me when I'm gone? Or what do you want to leave behind for the world? I, I, want, I want the world, I want women to know. So I have two. Mm. I want women to know that you are powerful. You are bold, you're brilliant, you're powerful, and you don't need anything. You're already whole, you're already complete. Um, and anything that you want to do, you have the tools and, and you have the ability for you to do that right? Uh, we are powerful. We're amazing. And um, I want us to walk in that truth always, even when doubt comes up. I want women to understand that. Um, and I want people to say that, you know what, Carlin um, played a small role in my journey, in my life, into becoming my best self. Um, she gave me the tools. She gave me the community. She gave me the support, whatever it is. I want to be able to say that the work that I do, it actually did help someone to level up in some way so that they can live their best life. Because when they do that, then you're able to influence the next generation that's coming behind us. Mm-hmm. And then the second one um, would be directly to black women or women of color, mm-hmm. because we are underrepresented. Our voices are not heard. And that's why even in the success planner, I specifically source original quotes from black indigenous women of color in the success planner. So when you get your success planner, I want you to share the quotes in the planner because you're helping to amplify the mm. voices of women who are usually not heard or seen in the grand scheme of things in the mm-hmm. world. So the second thing is um, creating a possibility model. So my four-year-old niece, when she gets older, she can see herself represented because of the age we're in right now, especially with entrepreneurship. I find entrepreneurship is such a great entry point to leveling the belonging and inclusion space mm-hmm. because anybody can start a business. And if you have the right community, then you can sustain that business, right? Yes. Um, so, so for me, is given more possibility models. Um, I want to be the first company working on Bay Street, led by a black woman, bringing in other racialized women who do this work. Of course, we have our allies with our white women as well, mm-hmm. but I want to see more women who look like me leading workshops in the DNI space, in the leadership space, in the workplace mm-hmm. wellness space, because we are here and our leadership experiences, it's different in the workplace because yeah. psychological safety is not something that is awarded to us. We have to fight for it. Emotional mm-hmm. tax is real. So I want to be able for young black women to say that I can see myself represented. I can see my voice represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be inspired by everyone, but there are some nuances in our experiences where black women or women of color can directly relate to each other because we have walked the path. We don't speak for every, every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Walk the path in a certain way where we can really relate and that person does not have to try to validate the experiences for them to get the, the inspiration because I've been there. And I know what it's like to be the other in a room. I know what it's like to code switch. I know how heavy the tax can be. 
So I also yeah. want to be able to let them know that you matter, your experiences matter. And as much as you don't see yourself represented, we are working through Amplify Her. We are working to change that so that when you go online and you search for inspiration, you search for leadership, you can see yourself represented at all different levels and in all different ways. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I've, I've said this before, but you're already doing those things. You've already left this legacy and it just continues to grow. So I'm so grateful to know you. So grateful to get to connect with you and to, you know, have all these experiences that dovetail with you. And, um, oh, I think it's you. for me, like one of the things is not just getting to hear these things from you on a stage, but being able to actually have conversations with you and with women like you and to learn together is so, so powerful. We didn't even really talk about Amplify Her, um, but I want people to go and check it out yes. because it is, you know, more than just incredible quotes. It's a whole movement and it yes. is a place to find these incredible women of color who are doing big, wonderful things in the world. And, you know, we want to support that as, you know, the community and to bring these women into the community and to, to learn together. So um, where do they find you online if you're listening? And also where can we find Amplify Her, Sister Talk, all the things. Tell us. Yeah, that. yeah. So I'm on, I'm on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I'm, I'm more active on Instagram. Amplify Her is also on Instagram as well. And also if you're looking to quote racialized women, you'll find a post on our pages. Mm. Um, we haven't updated it in a while because I'm dealing with all the other things, but look out for more quotes and more um, um, uh, information coming, um, especially in 2020. Um, but you'll find Amplify Her Sister Talk Group, which is powered by Sister Talk Group on Instagram as well. So awesome. join the movement. You do not have to be a woman of color to join the movement. Yeah. Um, actually, we're looking for all women to help Amplify um, because together, I know we are so much better together. And be- through the power of community and sisterhood, we are able to change what the future will look like. So, and I'm so grateful for your support and the Dovetail community uh, for also being uh, one of the champions and, and, and advocates for Amplify Her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just super excited to see what we'll do together, what we continue to do together in 2020. Oh, me too. There's like so many good things coming. I mean, if you haven't seen Carlin speak yet, she is speaking on so many stages, so it's not hard to find her. Um, definitely recommend going, checking her out. You're doing a whole tour this year. Yes, so starting January, we're hopefully going to be planning something with Dovetail early in the year as well with Carlin and Amplify Her and their movement. Um, so go check them out. It's at Amplify Her 2020. 2020 on yes. Instagram. And uh, we'll link back to Carlin's website in the episode notes. So thank you so much. For and get the success planner is now out. And get the success planner. We will put that link in there too. Uh, it is beautiful and powerful and such a good daily practice. And if you're someone like me who kind of struggles sometimes to have the consistency of the daily practice, and even though you know you want to reset your mindset and you want to be doing these things, Sometimes it can be hard, but the success planner actually helps you do that practice every single day. Yes. Yes. Go get one. Um, we'll link it all here in the email and in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for being here. Bye.